0: welcome to pilot boys episode 125 today we are doing news and notes and we're mixing up the format this week we got two episodes for you guys it's a it's a double header if you will so today we got some news and notes we can talk about lebron march madness kyrie nfl free agency carl anthony towns and tom brady so we got a lot on the docket today stay tuned put your trade tables up buckle those seat belts in the pilot boys are about to take off Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you will get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. Boys, fly, so cool. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. B, what's up, bro? What's going on, man? How you feeling today?
1: Good, sitting here in uh, warm Austin, Texas.
0: South by Southwest and uh you know one day maybe the uh Pilot Boys live podcast will be held by South by maybe if they if the it's, content schedule right if, if
1: they get it together South by Southwest is a rapidly changing
0: uh product <laughs> <laughs> how's the experience been so far out there
1: it's cool man like you know I've never really been the biggest fan of Austin Texas it's cool um but especially during these like big conferences and conventions, it's it gets pretty crazy. I like coming out to Lake Austin when there isn't a festival or a whole bunch going on. But this weekend, it's like a double, double dose. They've got South by Southwest and the NCAA tournament, which we'll be talking about in a minute. It's starting here so uh, on Thursday. So they've got some games going on. It's, it's hectic out here, but it's fun.
0: Speaking of the NCAA tournament, Man, I'm I'm pretty excited to fill out a bracket this year. You can do one?
1: I think I'll do one. I keep I know less and less about college basketball as each year passes. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, the quality of the product in college basketball just seems to continue to decline.
0: <laughs> that's, uh, that's honestly how I feel too, and it's crazy cuz you know, you have this great talent in the NBA and then you watch in college and it's like, yo, can you make a shot? please, like, can you put the ball in the basket from the shortened three-point line? And then they come to the NBA, and they're sick. And you're just like, where, where was this last year?
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's also the systems, um, lack of continuity, and I just think they need to do make some changes to the college game, maybe um, abandon the zone defense as well, make some rule changes. Um, they can make the game a little bit more exciting. Uh, reduce the shot clock some more again 35 seconds is a lot of time or 30 so whatever it is now uh to shoot a basketball right it's like
0: yeah well here's here's the thing with the zone too right with how many there's this whole narrative about all the kids want to be steph curry so they all practice their three-point shots i don't see it if you can shoot a three what is that zone going to do against you yeah yeah
1: i mean there are a lot of changes, but one thing, you know, to change the narrative here a little bit, one thing I will say is that March Madness is probably the most exciting American sports event that we have simply because of its unpredictability. And and it's, it's fun every year if you actually tune in, you know, Thursday, the games start, you see the upsets and just the energy of ha- having like this single elimination tournament is just exciting especially when you contrast that with the nba some of these seven game series drag quite a bit so this whole idea of the the best team can be on a bad day and lose you know it's very rare that the top team or the team that's predicted to win the tournament ever actually wins it so that's what makes it exciting march madness is literally march madness and you know to despite the issues that college basketball has uh, this is definitely an enjoyable period for sports fans and sports culture.
0: Oh yeah. And you know what what else is exciting about March Madness this year is that Ohio State is gonna be in the mix.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be in the mix. It's uh we're we're gonna see which Ohio State team shows up. Talent wise, we're there. You know, we it's Jekyll and Hyde. They're a period of time that Ohio State looked like the best team in the Big Ten. Um and one of the top teams in the country, and then there are times that they look like Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we have EJ Liddell who's having a f- another phenomenal season, with an award finalist. You know we've got the young freshman from from Lebron's high school, uh, St. Vincent St. Mary's. We'll see if he comes back for another year, but it all comes down to which Ohio State team shows up in the tournament. Uh, last year was very disappointing. Um, a very disappointing exit. Uh, we had a high seed and exited in the first round, pretty embarrassingly. Um, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was it was embarrassing.
1: Um, we'll see. Maybe this year, coming in as a sixth seed, um, teams teams will uh, teams will not show up with their a game against us, and we can get through a couple. You know, th- this tournament really is about the momentum that you have. Um, going in, if you can get a win in the first first game and build on that momentum, you could you can make a run. and any team can make a run, and hopefully for for Buckeye fans, it's been a while uh, since we've seen uh, a team make a run like that. um it would be great to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, just to keep it in the basketball spectrum, we've seen some basketball excellence in the NBA over the last week or so. Um, I want to shout out our boy LeBron for his 250 pieces he put up essentially back to back. That was nuts. Like to do that, he's in year 19. He's now, I, I don't know as of today, but I know a couple days ago he was the scoring leader in the NBA. I mean, what what else can this guy do to prove how great he is like he at night in year 19? to be able to put these types of games up to be able to average I think it's 29 points per game that's just ridiculous
1: yeah it's it's it, it, the guy shows up on the court every night and does it consistently you know the criticisms are, are always lobbed at lebron are that he tries to play the gm he's too involved in personnel decisions but that's not on him he as a player and as a personality you know that he wants to have say so and control it's up to the organization to make sure that they structure a team around him obviously take his input but you can't you can't let one voice in any organization dictate all of your decisions that's a recipe for failure and i put the onus on the ownership and and the management team more than the player in this scenario lebron he's he's taken a lot of flack but if you look at when he's had organizational stability mainly in miami you know he is willing you know whatever his gripes might be he's willing to let the coach do the coaching let the gm do the gming um but it's it's when that trust isn't built um and quite frankly the lakers organization hasn't exhibited a lot in this last year since they won the championship two years to uh, since they won the championship Uh, to do much
0: yeah yeah true that you know that
1: the the one thing that if if it is true we hear there's always rumors if it is true too that he pushed for Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan well that was his voice there's a general manager he's not the last I checked it doesn't say GM next to his name it says player
0: right I love this critique too because it's so so evident in a lot of life that People want to be like, oh, I got this pressure. Like, this person's not, you know, doing their job well. And it's like, dude, you sit in the seat. You know, you're accountable. You can't point fingers. It's on you. If shit goes wrong, it's on you. You can't point it at Rich Paul and say, oh, Rich Paul leveraged me. Rich Paul didn't do shit. Rich Paul did what he could. And you made the call. Yep.
1: Everyone's got a job to do. And it seems like. Rich and LeBron do a good job for their clients. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the teams, teams make mistakes and let them leverage them. You know?
0: 100%. And on the flip, we saw these 50-point games. We saw a few other players put up some impressive performances. I want to shout out Darius Garland. I think he put up 42 or something nice. And uh, then we had Collin Towns out of nowhere drop 60. I believe that was last night. I've, I was just blown away by Colin the towns dropping 60 i just didn't think that he had it in him and i remember earlier in his career the criticism was that this dude just didn't take the workouts that seriously i think that came from jimmy butler being there and kind of the difference in their personalities but uh man like this guy wants it and it's very very clear he wants it and it's 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 neat man what do you think about cat
1: i mean i hope so i mean he's he he needs to um if he just focuses on court and stops worrying about, you know, his how people view him off the court, his issues with Jimmy Butler, that was obviously something that he continues to get flack for. Um, and, and people critique him from that perspective. But if he just focuses on basketball, this guy is extremely freaking talented. And now he has, a, he has maybe a second fiddle, maybe a first fiddle in Anthony Edwards that, you know, this dude's – the 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 sky is the limit for him, and to have him and Cat, it's good to see them in the playoff race in a in a real way. They got something there in Minnesota, you know. And I hope they don't. I hope they don't fuck it up like they did back in the day with Stephon Marbury and Kevin Garnett.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, you know, amongst the other players that have been bawling out, we saw Kyrie drop a fifty point game last week. That was one of the most efficient fifty point performances ever. He barely missed a shot. His total scoring percentage was something like 102%. It was nuts. He was was just a ridiculous level of efficiency. And I think what we're seeing, you know, since then, um, there was a a Nets game that was at home because that was an away game because Kyrie can't play the home games right now because the vaccine mandate in New York for employers. So he went and sat courtside at the game, underscoring some of the hilarious, um, you know, hypocrisy of the way we structure laws essentially the dude can sit on the court but if he plays it's not allowed and if he's on the visiting team and he plays it is allowed in that same arena that he's watching the game and i thought it was really funny to see that and kd actually got the worst of it on media because he he was essentially voicing that this didn't make any sense from a rule standpoint. Either dude should be allowed or he should not be allowed in the arena, right? Like I think that that is kind of how you would think about an illness and spreading it. And, you know, the mayor of um, is it the Brooklyn mayor, I guess, or the New York New mayor? York. New, New York mayor. Yeah, York. he got called out and he essentially voiced well, Kyrie could play if he took his vaccine shot, kind of going back to the original thing. And I think It's an interesting, it's an interesting situation because Kyrie, you know, kind of I don't know if it's exactly, you know, by his own doing, but it's also part of his profile as an athlete and the kind of guy he is. He's a pretty high profile, you know, not taking the vax guy. And so he's there in New York. And I I do think the criticism is relatively fair that there's a statement that people want to make when somebody who has a high profile doesn't follow your rules whether it's logical or not logical and you know we can go all day about whether Kyrie should take a shot or not take a shot but I think we can all agree that if you're allowed in the arena and able to sit courtside it doesn't make sense you can't play
1: yeah I mean this this mayor in New York um, I know people who have advocated for him and are connected to him um, but he's first of all this isn't something that's that serious um, and like you said the rule needs to be New york is very serious about the about this illness um, and no player who plays a game in New York uh, can play without being vaccinated the risk is the exact same um, because players who typically come into town they, could have the illness they're going to stay in a hotel in new york they can spread the virus as well so the policies don't make sense here uh, and with that said it's almost you know whatever issues that that you might take up with Kyrie um, get pushed to the side when you see basically the ineptitude of our governments and our, our city officials here in how they're handling it so he can be on the sideline but you find him for going in the locker room Like, like, where does where do these policies even come from? And who thinks of them? And how are they executed? And why is there never just basic common sense being used? Common sense says, okay, either he can play or he can't play. If he can't play, then the rule for visitors who are coming into New York is also that they can't play. It's simple, make it across the board. But, you know, that's too much to ask for from people, obviously.
0: 100 percent there's a complexity that it would violate interstate commerce laws because these are employees of a different state and so that's why the rule legally can't be extended but i think it goes to goes to point out that if you can be there on the frickin' court right next to the players and they have seats next to the bench okay if you're unvaxed next to the bench no mask rules you can sit literally in that fan seat you have the same risk of spreading that to the team yeah. as Kyrie. Like, what, what's different here? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. I, That. you know, it's it's pretty nuts. So I think this is an interesting time because I think that there's a lot of doubling down that we're about to see in either one side or the other because the entirety of this whole covid narrative is just not in the public eye as much anymore so the the polarization of it is starting to fade and everybody's shifted their polarization to russia
1: yeah exactly and and, you know one last thing that i'll say about kyrie is um i really thoroughly enjoyed how he uh snatched james harden's soul um (laughs) in that game against the sixers just you know, if you ever to question whether this guy loves basketball and whether he's a competitor, he was picking him up full court. He clearly took some of the comments that Harden um, was making behind the scenes or we perceived he was making behind the scenes personally. And you could tell in that game he didn't say much. He's never criticized Harden publicly, but he got on the court and just whooped that dude's ass. Yeah. But And surprisingly, it was on the defensive end too. Um, James Harden went three for 17 in the game and they lost by 30 points um to the nets it's just it's it's the narrative again about james harden that just keeps coming up um why doesn't he show up in big games and when you're getting paid 40 50 million dollars a year you know you gotta show up and if you don't you gotta show up and to Kyrie's credit he showed up and shut shit down
0: yeah, that's what makes me love the dude so much is that, you know, you can have whatever issues with him you want, but when he steps on that court, so he's the real deal.
1: Yeah, he's 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 one of the the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. It's so easy for him. The game yeah. just comes comes effortlessly little asleep.
0: It's a, it's beautiful and uh, you know, kind of uh moving uh, you know, moving forward a little bit, we had some news on the NFL free agency side. It's been a hectic time. We talked uh I don't know if we talked about this. Did we talk about Russell Wilson on the podcast last week? No, we did not. It happened right after we
1: got off of our podcast episode.
0: So that's that was a big one. That shocked me. And I saw the stat that the Seahawks actually have their two safeties cost them $100 million collectively. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like
1: the opposite problem. When they signed Russell Wilson, they had to break up the Legion of Boom.
0: Yeah. And now it's
1: like they have to send Russell Russell Wilson packing these NFL teams need to figure out a happy medium in terms of how they evaluate um, QBs by today's market standards. Russell Wilson's actually underpaid, but at the time of his contract um, and the salary cap situation, then it kind of crippled the team in terms of like, why is it, you know, that quarterbacks get these ungodly amounts of money? I guess it's, 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 It's fair for a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes who've proven something. But when you see guys like Kirk Cousins getting $35 million, who've never sniffed a Super Bowl, Jared Goff getting $30 million, um, it creates unique scenarios for teams where eventually the rubber meets the road and they've got to make decisions. You know, it's either choose the quarterback or choose the team. And oftentimes, you know, Unless you do have a Brady or Mahomes, when you choose the quarterback, the team falls apart. And I do think that Seattle was wise here from this standpoint in understanding that Russell Wilson is 34 years old. Key, um, the Seahawks when they look at their roster and their team, they need to rebuild. They also released Bobby Wagner, their their star um, linebacker in this scenario. And I thought it was it was wise. It's like knowing when to make that transition is the difference between sustaining excellence and losing it and i think you know what their plans are for um for the quarterback position i don't know but what i do know is they got a really good uh, good deal for a 34 year old quarterback who won them a super bowl um, but to continue to re-up him with all the other holes they have in their team um and their salary situation with their safeties um, ultimately led to them saying we have to rebuild. And I thought I really like when teams acknowledge the truth and do that. I wish the Browns would do that with their quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Will, <laughs> you know, if you're the Seahawks too, if you got Drew, Drew Locke at at QB, um, you will need those, those defensive players probably a, a lot more than they're used to. So it makes sense to pay that extra salary. Yeah,
1: we'll see what what they do with the quarterback situation, but there are a lot of interesting QB situations. And then
0: the other thing that
1: happened, um, obviously, is that Deshaun uh, Watson's criminal charges were dismissed. So now you have this quarterback on the market. And it it creates an interesting scenario and conversation as well. Coming off, literally that decision came right after the NFL suspended – the wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, for one year for betting $1,500. It's very interesting, criminal cases, always the burden of proof in criminal cases is pretty high. Um, And prosecutors definitely choose and grand juries choose on whether or not um, they feel like somebody can, can be convicted of a crime. Now that is different than saying, we don't think that he committed any crimes. Uh, here. And that's where the civil case comes in. I have my qualms about just the whole legal system here. Um, But, you know, it is something that's important. This isn't just one person, you know, basically, they're saying that 23 people colluded together and decided to create a case against Deshaun Watson that's completely fraudulent. Either Either that's the case, or everything was consensual, you know, between t- him and twenty-three women, or the third situation is is that something happened here, poor behavior, but it can't be convicted. What does the NFL do to punish that behavior? You know, yeah, I the- think
0: that's that's the truth of the matter, right? Is like when you have this many people coming out saying this guy, you know, sexually assaulted or or you know crossed lines in terms of what's okay and what's not. I it's one of those situations where. You know, I mean, like, if I really work to put myself in someone else's shoes, you got this, you know, 20-something kid making a ton of money, coming out, feeling like the shit. And I'm sure in college, it was very different, you know, getting with girls than in the real world. And he has this, you know, weird massage fetish. I could, you know, I I could see somebody thinking that they have the privilege to do this being a, you know, star. But it's like... You know, we never want to comment on whether someone did or didn't do something without knowing the facts, but I just, I I find that in situations like this, it's very hard to get so many people to do all these steps, to go to trial, to do X, Y, Z, and even reading some of the articles and breakdown and background about it just seeing how a lot of the massage providers he went after, he never went after the same person twice. He always went after a new person who had zero experience with pro athletes, actually. He was yeah. usually the first pro athlete client. And I mean, that's, that's just, that's the kind of behavior that comes from people who do this shit and it's not cool. And I, I just feel like if there's not a criminal charge, that's great, but you're right. V like, it is interesting that fifteen hundred dollars will get you banned for a season, but you know, this this heavy kind of accusation around him doesn't even get you more than that. And he can step out of the situation and probably make a hundred million dollars right now.
1: I mean, Ben Ben Roethlisberger got accused of rape. Uh he settled the case. Um, and they sus- suspended him for six games and they reduced it to like a four game ban. You know, and the NFL really has a, a, a issue here to address about how they handle treatment of women. And you also saw an Adam Schefter's tweet that got him in a lot of trouble, basically saying, you know, supporting Deshaun Watson and saying, you know, that justice was served without knowing the facts. You're a freaking commentator. You don't you don't know the details of this case. But that's a
0: broke. Uh broke uh the brady news yeah right? this
1: i don't know how this dude must have more dirt he's a michigan grad too so it you know a lot. It. yeah yeah it's just a, i don't know how he continues to have gainful employment at espn um based on some of these comments like without suspension at least you know what i mean like yeah. um, people make mistakes i'm not saying just get rid of the dude but it's almost like he can say anything make any mistake he wants and still hold the job, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah 100%.
1: 100%. And, you know, switching to a more positive note in quarterback news, happy for Russell Wilson. Um, but something that I always thought was going to happen, I didn't think, for whatever reason, I didn't buy Tom Brady's retirement.
0: It felt you know? weird, dude. He's the, you can't go out when you're still like arguably top five. Yeah. And it goes to
1: the fact that I feel like that tweet from Schefter may have pushed him over the line to, to, to to make a decision sooner than he needed to. Yeah. You know, um,
0: but It, it totally forced the issue.
1: Yeah. And then his announcement to come back is very interesting right before free agency. He's like, I don't want any of these guys leaving. So let me tell them I'm coming back. Yeah. So our free agents don't leave. Um, but it, it seemed like the writing was on the wall he saw lebron put up 50 50 points then he went to man, to to watch a man you match cristiano ronaldo actually asked him so are you really done when they were talking beforehand he goes and gets a hat trick tom brady makes an announcement that he's coming back the next day yes he's, this guy just has. that's what makes him so great is he has a real competitive desire um you know, that that brings him back.
0: And he said one, in this interview clip I saw, he said one of his you know biggest biggest concerns about um, wanting to wanting to go into retirement was sitting there looking at the TV and being like, damn, these guys suck. I'm way better than this. <laughs> I think I think he realized that. Once he saw the Russell Wilson trade, once he saw who the quarterbacks in the NFL are, and to your point, V. Quarterback is a very difficult position. That's why there's a lot of quarterbacks who we don't consider to be the best winners out there that are getting paid so well, because it's a tough and, and it's a dangerous position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the goat, it's interesting too. He's coming back and taking half of Aaron Rodgers' salary, you know? So, uh, this will be, this will be interesting. You know, I saw an interesting tweet though (laughs) that said that the real reason that Tom Brady is coming back is, um, he saw gas prices. He was filling up his <laughs> boat. He was filling up his boat in Tampa. It's like I need money. <laughs>
0: I need another twenty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man! But I'm excited. NFL with Tom Brady is a is better than an NFL without Tom Brady. Uh, um, it, it raises the bar of excellence for everyone. Everyone in the league. Um, so. You know, the last, last NFL top topic is um, free agency has begun, and typically what happens in free agencies, the, the good teams get separated from the bad teams in the NFL, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have uh, outlaid a lot of money, some of it questionable money, um, to try to rebuild quickly around Trevor Lawrence. One of the most questionable deals that they made was they took a second-tier receiver, free agent receiver, and paid him a first-tier salary. Um, Christian Kirk, who's never caught 100 balls, never gone for over 1,000 yards, and has, I think, around like 15 total TDs in his four-year career, um, got a four-year $84 million contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars, which set the NFL blaze because you've got really good receivers like Devonte adams and chris godwin basically playing on a franchise tag this season so it really upset the rest of the nfl when a deal like this happens that's out of whack it re it can reset the market so if you're paying this guy four years 84 million dollars what now is Devonte adams worth what now is chris godwin worth and I think it ruffled a lot of NFL teams' feathers. The Jaguars, of course, did this a few years ago where they spent a bunch of money on the hottest free agents without really doing a lot of due diligence. <laughs> and we've seen the results of the chaos that's happened for the Jaguars over the last few years since they did that. Hopefully, this isn't another example of that.
0: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And it's like, it's. It's just going to be an interesting year. This is also a nice moment because it's what we talked about last week that we think that players should get paid more in the NFL. So this uh, this could be an interesting piece of ammo for the agents as they negotiate for the receivers. It's going to change the dynamic of what players get paid, especially at skill positions in the NFL. It's going to change the perception of their worth, and we will likely see that very soon. We'll likely see the player salaries on average. Um, take a larger portion especially when they go to renegotiate
1: yeah it just it's fascinating to me too because with the number of quality receivers coming into the nfl like it's the best group of receivers overall we've seen in a long time you would think that would adjust the market downward right like jacksonville could have found a christian kirk in the draft for example you know but instead they decide to drop 84 million on a guy who you know I don't know maybe he'll he'll pay off and they see something no no one else has but he's a slot receiver he's never been a number 1 receiver you know he's always played with DeAndre Hopkins which makes it a lot easier for every other receiver um to play so it's just like what are they basing this off of i don't know you know yeah
0: a hundred percent. And we'll see how it pans out. Maybe he turns out to be the next uh, Cooper cup and uh, maybe he doesn't.
1: Yeah. We shall see. He look, Oh, he's built like Cooper cup. Maybe that's what they, why they, they did it.
0: Yeah. I mean, same it's brand, a you know, brown brand. dude owner. Yeah. You know what they say? Brown dudes just can't, can't see the difference between all these white people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, on that note, that's the Although uh,
1: Christian Kirk is not white. Is he not? No,
0: he is not. He's a black dude?
1: Yeah. I think he's mixed race, but yes, he is.
0: Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. when you said Cooper Cup, that's why I thought he was white.
1: Oh, no. I said they're
0: built the same. same oh, race. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, on that off-color joke, that is the <laughs> end of our news and notes. You see that? It's off-color. It's a pun. Uh-huh. Um, that's the end of our news and notes. Uh, we have another episode coming up with a deep dive That's that's bound to be fun. Um, So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a separate episode. So you're just going to have to scroll up on your Spotify or Apple Apple Podcast app and and hit that next episode number 126 is what we'll call it. it.